Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Forging the Path, a podcast that's all about helping men become the kind of men that God created us to be. My name is Adam, and these Fridays, it's pretty fun. We just keep it short and sweet. Um, we've been going through the minor prophets lately. And I, uh, today, it's, it's awesome because we've got this guy named Obadiah. Obadiah, right? There's a wild name. It's actually a cool name. Uh, this name in the Hebrew means servant of the Lord uh, or worshiper of the Lord is another way to translate it. It is, in fact, the shortest book in the entire Old Testament. And at first glance, uh, it might not seem to have any relevancy for us today. But I'm going to argue that it totally does. Uh, first, let me give you some of the backstory. See, ha. <clears throat> Obadiah, it's this book uh, uh, written by Obadiah, obviously. It's against this country called Edom that was right next to Israel. At modern day, it would be in Jordan. And, and Edom, next to Israel, right as uh, or Judah, the southern kingdom of Israel, right as the Babylonian captivity is going to happen. Israel is going to be decimated and fall, the southern kingdom of Israel. And Edom... <laughs> They actually don't help Israel at all, and they play an active role in harming Israel in this whole captivity thing. The backstory is this. Edom comes from this guy, the whole country of Edom comes from this guy named Esau, and Israel, uh, southern kingdom of Judah, they come from Jacob. And if you go way back in Genesis, some of you might recall this from Sunday school or from your own Bible reading, Jacob and Esau were brothers. It it goes Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Jacob had a brother named Esau. Jacob's name became Israel. Esau started a tribe which became a nation called Edom. And they're right next to each other. So when Israel's capital city of Jerusalem falls to the Babylonian army in uh, 586 BC, those in the neighboring kingdom of Edom joined in looting the city. In fact, they even, more than that, they even intercepted fleeing Israelites and turned them back over to the Babylonians to be executed or enslaved. They showed no compassion, even though they were related to the Israelites. So this is obviously a problem for the prophet Obadiah. And he seems to have been one of those who remained behind while the rest of the Israelites, the rest of the people of Judah, were taken off into exile as slaves. Uh, So that's kind of how it went. Um, uh, This is a lot of ancient warfare. Most of the fighting age men are killed, oftentimes in horrible and painful ways. (laughs) If they didn't die in battle, you know, they're executed. Uh, then a lot, of, uh, a lot of other people are taken as slaves, uh, people who would be useful to the, to the enemy nation. And the rest, some of the poor, the very elderly, uh, they're, they're basically, the, you know, the dirt poor, they're left back in a city that is just absolutely torn down, ruined, and still smoldering in fire. So that, that's the scene. His prophecy in Obadiah rebukes the Edomites for their ruthless treatment of Israel, and it foretells their coming destruction. And he also assures the people of Israel that God would restore their fortunes. 
and that in the end, the kingdom will be the Lord's. Most likely, Obadiah is a contemporary of Jeremiah, who has a much larger book. Uh, they, they share some similar writing styles. Uh, Jeremiah, when he prophesies against the Edomites, he, he may have been borrowing a bit from Obadiah, or vice versa. So uh, he may have also been a contemporary of guys such as Ezekiel and Daniel, if you're familiar with those guys in the Bible. So that is kind of a really broad strokes, big picture overview of this short little book, Obadiah. One of my favorite verses, Obadiah 15, I don't even have to say chapter 1, verse 15, because there's only one chapter in Obadiah, but Obadiah 15 says, The day of the Lord is near for all nations. As you have done, it will be done to you. Your deeds will return upon your own head. That's sobering. Man, that is like, that's not a verse you normally put on like, refrigerators with pretty magnets. (laughs) The day of the Lord is near for all nations. As you have done, it will be done to you. Your deeds will return upon your own head. But I think that is a kind of verse that we should pay attention to. A lot of the prophets talk about a coming day of the Lord where justice and judgment will finally be delivered. Every wrong thing made right, every evildoer brought to justice. And thank you, Jesus, because no one is good. I mean, not me, not you, not anybody. We, no one in and of their own strength, in and of their own thoughts, words, and actions could stand before the Lord. Um, but that's where Jesus takes the wrath that we deserve so that we can stand in his righteousness. Nations will face judgment, too. Not just individuals, um, but nations are judged by God according to what they do as well. <clears throat> so, all right, that's all well and good. How does that apply to us today, right? That maybe is what you're thinking. I would share just two thoughts, two takeaways. There's probably dozens of takeaways from this short little book, but just two. Number one, God is faithful. God is so, so faithful. Even when it might seem like he's not faithful, he's faithful. So, so keep the faith, friends. Keep the faith. God is faithful. Can you imagine these Israelites? If I mean, if you weren't one of the ones who was executed, can you imagine what they're seeing, what they're feeling, what they're hearing, what they're, I mean, even, even what they're smelling? I mean, their whole country was burned to the ground. They're being marched off into slavery and captivity unless they're completely dirt poor and, and very, or, or, or very old, the elderly. And then they're left behind watching people get dragged off in chains and standing uh, around probably dead bodies and, and houses and buildings that are still on fire. And Obadiah says things like this in his book, but on Mount Zion will be deliverance and it will be holy. Um, and, and he ends his, his whole book, the last sentence of Obadiah, and the kingdom will be the Lord's. So he comes with this hope in the midst of such pain. And so I have to think that that's just how God is. We see this over and over and over again in Scripture. 
And so I want to encourage any of you, maybe, maybe some of you right now are questioning God's faithfulness. Maybe some of you, you're not, you're not experiencing a Babylonian captivity, but you're experiencing a tough season of life. My encouragement to you is keep the faith because God is faithful. And there are these glimpses, these glimmers of hope in so many of these prophetic books. And we need to hold on to those. Number two, I would say as a takeaway, you are your brother's keeper. Edom had a responsibility. Edom was family to Israel. Edom should not have actively taken part in harming Israel. I, I just, it's, it's, so, it's so horrible. They were literally, the Edomites were literally going after Israelites who otherwise would have escaped the Babylonians. They were capturing them and bringing them back to the Babylonians to be executed or enslaved. And so, <clears throat> a couple of things there, I guess. Uh, God made a sacred covenant with Israel, with the people of Abraham, and it had to do with the land. So we see a lot of things going on in the news today about Israel, and I would just encourage you to take the scriptures at face value. God made promises, God made covenants to the people of Israel, to the Jewish people about that land. God doesn't break his promises. He does not break his covenant. And so I don't want to be on the side of any nation going against Israel trying to take that land from them. There are some serious warnings there. Maybe more practically speaking, though, I also don't want to be silent or passive whenever I see sinful, unrighteous injustice taking place around me. I certainly don't want to participate in it. And as men, I think we're, we're called to speak up and to stand up when we see the enemy coming against God's people in any way, shape, or form. Certainly don't participate with the enemy in those things, but also don't don't be passive either. Don't just not speak up. When, when millions of babies are being murdered in our country and we have preachers afraid to speak up from the pulpit against the sin of abortion, th- there's a problem there. Um, when uh, a country redefines marriage based on their own preferences and their own illusions, um, and the church is silent, or worse yet, the church goes along with that redefinition of the word, like, we're in trouble. So we should speak up against injustice, and we should be our brother's keeper. When you see the people of God being attacked by the enemy, don't be passive. Because Edom, like I said earlier, would face their own judgment shortly after Israel. So it's a, it's a sobering book, but there's glimpses of hope. It's got a funky name. That's Obadiah. Uh, we could probably go into a lot more, but uh, we, I just like to keep these podcasts short today. I'll tell you what, um, we're having a blast. There's some cool things with forging the path. Some opportunities were being presented. Um, and I'm really excited to take this to another level. Uh, I've got some great interviews coming up. Um, and uh, I'm hoping that maybe uh, at some point 
we actually have some a website and some some YouTube videos that we record with these podcasts too. Uh, I've got uh, some really great local leaders in the pipeline for future interviews this spring, and I just can't wait to get to them. So thank you for just listening. Thank you for if you've shared this podcast with someone, if you've posted about it, if you've given us a five-star review, thank you so much. That's that's That means the world to me. It truly does. Uh, if you haven't done those things yet, please consider doing them. And if this podcast has encouraged you or blessed you in any way, that would mean the world to me. Thank you so much. We'll see you guys next time on Forging the Path.